0: Blood Talk Radio Ten,
1: nine, eight, seven.
2: Minions my name is Tom Mark Lussell Presidente coming to you from a deep dark bunker where we are safe and secure uh, from the coronavirus in the west suburbs of Indianapolis. Welcome aboard we are here we're going to have a great time today we're going to talk about sports that may have happened or may not have happened a great show on tap mo for the BS sports show get ready to jump on with us and we're going to talk kind of a little bit about the impact about the coronavirus in the sports community, and we're also just going to be just talking about the the impact. Obviously, this is the topic at hand. I don't think we've ever seen anything like this in our life, and so we work through it, and we, we get through it, and uh, that's what will happen, but in the meantime – if sports are not are put on pause, we're not put on pause. We're gonna still talk about it. So both for the BS 4 Show joins us and then uh coming up in the next segment, we're gonna combine their NASCAR and IndyCar uh segment with Matthew Embry, our IndyCar contributor and uh and uh for us and both Speedway Digest and then Speed, uh Steve Wilson, editor in chief of Speedway Digest, joins us because there's a lot of things going on this week in racing. Uh one uh well there's a race to St. Pete, but there's no fans. Uh, same thing with uh, NASCAR. And so NASCAR is kind of the last of the Mohicans, if you will. They've yet to suspend their season. But so far, the upcoming races will not have any fans. Of course, the Masters. Uh, and they, but the biggest news of it all is no March Madness. And that is a huge financial impact. We'll get into that conversation as well and uh, ed kratz beat writer for the philadelphia eagles si.com and our official nfl contributor uh comes on and talks with us again we're going to continue this conversation about the ebola uh, I, <laughs> I did, that's twice in two days that i went to ebola see is that is that is that in my mind that i think ebola is bigger and worse than corona Uh, We'll talk about Corona and the effect of of the NFL. Also, uh, at at our last segment, Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast joins us, and we're going to continue our conversation about well, you guessed it. That's right. Uh, 917-889- 889-8516 is our digits. You can give us a call with or without a mask. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network.
1: Tonight
3: The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom.
4: I, it, I, I can't believe it. i been playing four-on-four four with a barbershop quartet.
0: Ba, 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 ba. Pass the ball, ba, ba.
1: pass the rock. Ba, 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 ba. We're open, ba, ba, ba. just pass the
4: ball. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico.
1: Yeah. Shoot Shoot the Jay. 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 Jay.
0: Believe it, Skycar could save you 15% or more on car
1: insurance.
0: Morning, face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, four four guys. Morning. Good, morning. Good, morning. Good, morning. Good morning. What is oh. that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. <laughs> Stay back. I've got mates. Oh! my... We're moving! It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some.
1: Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA. Love your home.
2: Welcome back to The Balance. My name is Saul Marquis, El President Day, and we are here in our special uh, self-quarantine bunker here in the uh, west suburbs of Indianapolis. Joining us now is Mo from the BS Sports Show. Mo, how are you, sir? I am alive. Well, Hey. That literally means something right now. You know, we shouldn't make light about it. I realize this is a very serious uh, disease. It's a global pandemic, and it is. Uh, it is A lot is going on. But, I, I mean, we look at, it's kind of like, how, how do, we, how do we, we call it the copycat behavior? It's just when one domino falls, every domino falls. And believe me, I get it. We want to keep everybody safe. So I mean, there's the serious part of this, and then there's the, well, we're, we've gone too far, part of it. Where do you think we are with this uh, coronavirus? And it's not the Ebola. I, that's two times and maybe in my mind, uh, Mo, I'm thinking that 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 the Ebola was far worse than uh, Corona. But really, in all seriousness, where are we at with this? I mean, you know, it, it,
5: a lot of it sucks, uh, you know, canceling sports, the March Madness, but I mean, I think that, uh, you know, being proactive and trying to prevent a spread like they've had in Italy or Iran or China is uh, probably the best bet. Uh, some people are going overboard, but, you know, I'd rather keep uh, the family home and safe as opposed to risking it every day. So, you know, I'm, I, it's, uh, it's a little inconvenient, but, uh, you know, preventing it from being a widespread uh, thing in the United States, I think, is not a terrible idea.
2: Yeah, and I agree with that. I think that there has to be precautions that are be put into place. Maybe it's just something that we've not dealt with in our lifetime. I know I haven't, and we've never dealt with this this uh, massive of a of a virus outbreak. And I don't know – you may not have ever saw this show, but it was on a few years ago, and I kind of got hooked on it. It was called The Last Ship, and it was like the only ship that was out there that, that had – and they were trying to find this uh, – cure to a virus that pretty much wiped out the world. It was an acopolis. That's a word that I can't use, but I can't say it. I've never been able to say it. But, but nonetheless, it's just but that was fictional. Now, this is the reality of it. And the reality of it here hit my work. I mean, they said everybody works remotely, which means I work from home and, and until further notice. I don't know. We're looking at three to four weeks, which is okay, because now I don't have to put on pants to go to work. But I get all of that I guess where I'm at with this, where I, where I struggle at with all of this, is Mo, is are we going? Are, are, yeah, we want to keep everybody safe, but we also don't we not want to be in a bubble? Do we not want to be secluded from the rest of the world? Because. We're humans. We are designed to want to be around other humans. And even if you're an introvert, you still like that interaction with other people, even if it's at a distance. Uh, so are, you think we're at a comfortable spot then?
5: I mean, you know, for me, it's uh, it's enjoyable because I dislike most people. So, uh, you know, people not being around talking to me, I mean, it's perfect for me. i I'm, I'm actually, it's like a vacation.
2: Uh, you know what that is true I am one that does enjoy my social distance is that is the is the buzzword of it all okay so well let's let's just break this down the economic impact the uh, corona sports and the financial cost that that this is going to cost uh, across the world I mean across the we'll just say our world of sports if you will um, so let's let's start at the the biggest elephant in the room right now. The March Madness has been canceled. It started out with the Big Ten being canceled. My office is right across the street from one of the biggest um, hotels in the city. And I looked out my office window. I'm on the third floor. I looked out my office window and looked across there yesterday. I saw a couple buses. The parking lot was completely empty. And this was Big Ten Championship weekend. Um, You know... My thought was, well, everybody's here anyway. Uh, They've already bought the rooms. They've already bought uh, their tickets. My thought is if they weren't going to have the games with fans, then everybody would go to a bar. But then they just said, we're not going to have the games. Then you just saw one uh, 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 tournament after another as far as the the divisions, the SEC, the ACC, you name it. Big Ten, obviously, this weekend here in Indianapolis. Just say, no, we're not, we're not doing it. We're not having it. And it's kind of an eerie eerie feeling. But to be in the month of March, think about you – know, okay, look, we could just break down one single element of March Madness. CBS has a $12 billion 12-year uh, contract, which will obviously continue to renew. But that's where they're at right now, a $12 billion contract over 12 years. If you put that in perspective by canceling everything just on the TV rights and the money that goes to the schools and, and the NCAA and how they dis- disperse that is a billion dollars. That's just one element. Then we look at the financial impact that, that it's going to make to the city of here in Indianapolis where, where we're at. Does, does the end justify the means? Or does the means justify the ends or however that word goes? <laughs>
5: Well, I mean, you look at the biggest impact, I think, is to the city of Las Vegas, who, you know, this is even bigger than Super Bowl for them as far as uh, money goes. So uh, you look at the impact to, to the city of Las Vegas, and it's huge. I mean, I watched people last night on uh, on on YouTube betting, professional gamblers betting on NBA 2K20 games. So it, uh, it's got a, a huge financial impact all around the uh, – all around the world when it comes to the Not having much madness available
2: Well it, it, It's not only here in the United States I mean what we saw uh, in As far as the racing uh, world And we'll get into that here in the next segment But Formula One suspended their Racing uh, soccer Which is big in Europe the other football uh, They suspended their Their activities uh, German football did, is suspended. So it's across the world It's a, a, Across the, the and you're right. Italy does um, play the the biggest uh, uh, part in that. Well, not biggest part, but just that's the biggest worst case scenario that we've that we've seen with this uh, with this outbreak. So, um, if you're a sports fan, you got nowhere to go, you got nothing to do. You're self quarantined, or you're mandatory quarantine, or you just because you're stuck at home because that's what your job has told you to do. What, what's the best advice to keep your sanity, you think?
5: Uh, you know, so last night you know, we, we, we watched the uh, Clippers-Lakers game from Sunday. I mean, I think you just try to uh, enjoy the time with your family and, uh, you know, you try to make the best of it and, uh, you know, do all the, the precautions you need to do and do your best to keep your family safe.
2: You know, we're going to have this conversation later on in the show with Tony Donahue of the of the Tony D Podcast. But it is kind of fun to say the what if. Because, you know, at this point, you can't be wrong. So let's talk about, it, 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 had this been a normal world and a normal day and a normal Saturday on the Saturday before Selection Sunday, you and I would be talking about who's going to be going in the brackets and where. So let's talk about. Uh, the 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 ghost bracket, if you will, uh, give us uh, your your uh, top number your your top number one seeds in all four brackets, four sides, I should say.
6: Uh, probably
5: Kansas, San Diego State, uh, Baylor, and I really like Dayton.
2: Dayton's good. That's that's a good choice. I don't know. I don't know that I would put them at a number one seat. I certainly agree with your Kansas and your Baylor. I uh, kind of like uh, San Diego State. But uh, w- let's talk about what happens now with these teams because we saw the NCAA say, "Hey, well, we're going to give an extra year of eligibility for every everyone because of all of this." So there's that. But we don't have a champ. We won't have a champion this year. So, how, do do they just kind of? Is this kind of a, a box in history that's always just going to be like with an asterisk, going to be out there by itself? What? How does how does the NCAA define twenty twenty in the women's and men's basketball?
5: Uh, I think probably the most uh, unique year in all of college basketball history, but. What it probably did was save some uh, basketball coach's job. You know, you look at a guy like Archie Miller, who it might have saved his job. But, so there are some basketball coaches, I think, that actually that have saved their job.
2: <laughs> so I guess, you know, here, where do we go from here? You know, here, here's the thing. IU beats Nebraska, and then it's just – it's like one of those cliffhanger shows that you watch. You see what happens. And then they canceled the series. Uh, not that that's happened. With I mean, they're, they haven't canceled uh, basketball or, mar, uh, b- or or anything like that. But the season ended. But it, we don't know where where it ended. With does the will the NCAA take steps to define that? Maybe that's the better question. Well, or are we just you know, left hanging. Know.
5: The NCAA has made a lot of missteps over the years with numerous things, so it makes you wonder how they wind up defining this or, or handling it. I mean, so far, I think they've handled it the best they can, but, uh, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how they define it going forward. Uh, you know, you just got to keep your fingers crossed that they make the right decisions. They, again, it's a organization that's made a lot of bad decisions over the years.
2: So let's talk about the Masters a little bit, whether or not you're a golf fan or not. I, I personally love golf and. You know Masters is one of the it's the Super Bowl of golf I mean it would it would feel weird to watch it without any uh spectators but uh, on the other side of me is like hey that might be kind of cool because that they're playing golf just like I do no one's watching no one it would it would kind of give you that feeling like you're out there on the golf course. Why do you think that the masters decided? To not go ahead, even without fans.
5: You know, I, I think it's because you want to be the first, uh, you know, major sports thing that that has an outbreak. You know, we saw Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell from the Utah Jazz, uh, you know, be diagnosed with the coronavirus, and the NBA was swift and and quarantining some of these teams and and stopping the season, and, and you know, the first ones to really do that. Uh, but, you know, just like, you know, all the school systems that have been canceling, and I think the biggest reason they're canceling, obviously they want to keep the kids and, and teachers safe, but do you want to be that first school system or that uh, first pro sports league that uh, has a major outbreak? And, and that's a PR nightmare. So I think that's why they decided to go on, even <clears throat> not just without fans but without golfers, because you still have to travel. You've got to be on an airplane. You know, you've got to still be around <clears throat> folks. And basically that, that's, not forced to be there, but you know you're you gotta you gotta be there to play. So I think that uh, you know it, it, it's from a safety standpoint, but mostly from a PR nightmare too. God forbid that you're the first major sports organization that has a humongous outbreak coronavirus. So I, I think that plays a huge part into it.
0: You
2: know, I was talking with a colleague yesterday on a call. He lives in Atlanta, but he was on a flight uh, the night before from Houston uh, back to Atlanta, and he said that he was one of five people in a plane of a, of a jet that's normally full. So this impact goes across the, uh, the, across the universe, if you will, and the globe, if you will, I know this isn't a political show, so we'll try to keep this to a minimum, but do you think our government, the United States, is doing everything it can do to, uh, not only for sports fans, because that's our, our topic, because that's what we talk about, but just as American citizens, is our government doing enough to protect our citizens, or are they going too far?
5: You know, it's always hard to say when it comes to something like this with governments, because there are Republican or Democrat, there's always so many things that go on behind closed doors and so many backroom deals that you always wonder what, uh, what what's going on. I mean, I think that they've tried to do a good job, uh, you know, in, in trying to be ahead of it. I think that they realized that not enough people were getting tested, there weren't enough tests, and they tried to remedy that. But, you know, when it comes to politics, uh, you know, just like uh, just like free agency in sports, there's so many backroom deals, and you always wonder what's going on behind the scenes that are leading to the to the decisions that are being made. So, I mean, it, it feels like they're trying to – that they have an adequate adequate response so far, but, you know, who's to really say because we, we're not privy to all that uh, behind-the-scenes information.
2: You know, uh, whenever there's a tornado, a tornado lasts about maybe five minutes, and that's in the worst-case scenario <laughs> – we, look at, we think about the tornadoes that just happened down in, in Nashville and uh, all of those families that are misplaced now. And then they have these other issues with the coronavirus. But just like a tornado, the the virus scan, we'll, we'll just say it, it somehow ends in toward the end of April because they say once the weather starts getting better, the viruses uh, die off. But the long-lasting impact is goes after that, the shockwave, if you will, the tremors, if you will, continue after that. How long will it take the sports community? We'll just start with that because that's what we are a sports talk show. How long will it take the sports community to bounce back and recover from this? Well,
5: you know, it could take a while because if you if you look, we could we wind up watching the NBA Finals. You know, maybe in August. So that that would push back the NBA draft. That would push back free agency, and it would eliminate the summer league, uh, which is big for a lot of guys trying to make teams and for rookies. So you know, the, the play of rookies next year could be a little worse if it backs up the training camps or shortens training camps for uh, NFL players. That's a huge deal. Uh, you know, will baseball be able to get uh, 162 games? And if, if they don't start for a month or a month and a half, and uh, you know, without playing in the snow in December, so. Uh, you know that could shorten their season as well. Uh, you know, so it, it, it'll it'll impact sports. You know, not just economically, but I think it will uh, uh, impact sports a bunch. Of, it, is uh, we you know tend to lose games when uh, in, in the NBA, NHL, and, and possibly Major League Baseball. Season. I don't think we lose games at football at all. But you know, you can see some essential activities uh, that uh, that teams need to evaluate guys and, and get guys ready for. Uh, the 53-man roster, I think you could see some of those go away.
2: Yeah, I think we just saw some of that. I think the NFL made an announcement. One, they weren't going to have the the, the owner's meeting. The other thing, they announced that uh, the, the travel w- w- with the recruits to the teams and, and all the pre-draft stuff that they do, they've kind of cut that off. Uh, so they're going to have to telecommunicate with their recruits or with their draft uh, possibilities. Um do you think that overall, because really at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the NFL has decided, okay, these are our people that we've got on our draft board, and the reason we got that is because of videotape uh, of the games and our scouts. So, do you think that this is uh, this virus is going to have a huge impact on the draft and how they draft because of their inaccessibility to? have the person-to-person interactions with the people they may draft with?
5: I mean, I would think that because to me, the most important things if you're getting ready to draft somebody in the NFL, it's great to watch people do drills and do all that stuff. But to me, I want to see how guys perform in games. So you've got at least three years of tape on most of these guys, uh, you know, and that, and then the interview, sitting down and talking and see what a person's all about. So Those being the two most important things to me, no, because I believe you can teleconference the the one-on-one face-to-face interviews. And, again, it's great that the guy can run a fast 40, but how does he perform against the game when there's somebody on the other side of him and 11 other guys lined up against him? That's what I really want to see. So, to me, if I were the team of the team, no, it wouldn't really uh, affect the way that I drafted because, again, watching game tape and talking to these guys one-on-one, you know, via teleconference if I have to. Uh, would be what decided uh, my draft pick, so it shouldn't. But you, you will have people who make missteps in the draft this year and tell you that oh, it was because we couldn't do this, we couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll come down to be an excuse for guys with bad
2: drafts. Yeah, I, I'm beginning to, to to agree with that statement because I think that this coronavirus is going to create a lot of, and not just in sports, but across the world in the sales economy. And that, you know, I work in sales and in our sales forecast well. You know, the month of March kind of sucked because of the coronavirus, so I see that excuse being baked in. And I, I we're going to have uh, Matthew Embry join us now, and Matthew, I know you're going to be joining us for the uh, racing segment coming up. Uh, Matthew Embry, uh, our official IndyCar contributor and uh, IndyCar contributor Speedway Digest as well. Matthew, how are you, sir?
7: Doing well, and again, I can't stress this enough. I know it's frustrating, guys, we are losing all these events, but meet the requirements that everyone is expecting. I know it's just it's going to be a minor thing, but if you want things to get back up and going again, you need to abide by these demands. And the more you abide by them, the better chance we will be back up and running sooner rather than later. That's the best just I can give to fans right now who are frustrated. Meet the demands. Wash your hands. Give a little bit extra space. Be a little extra careful. You do those things. And we could be back up and running. Hopefully, in the next few months, we might be able to do Indy and all this other stuff. But again, you have to meet those demands.
2: Mo, well, Matt makes a very good point. And just as, an, as a as a regular person out there doing their day to day life, we're a sports fan, fan, we like our sports. We're, we're going to miss March Madness. We're going to miss a lot of things. What do, what do you do to just uh, to 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 do everything so that okay, so we can sit back and say, hey. I did my part. At least do your part. What 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 is doing your part with this?
5: Well, you know, it's funny because, you know, all the schools in my area are canceled. And I see, you know, my daughter's 16 and, and her friends are trying to call her and be like, hey, Monday, let's go to the mall. Let's do this. And I told her, I said, wait, you know, this isn't the point. So she's pretty ticking me right now because I told her she's not going to the mall with her friends on Monday like with dad, school's out. I was like, yeah, for a reason, to not be around all these other people. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's trying to, I think, also trying to limit the things you do. Like, you know, normally I love going to the grocery store and doing the shopping, but I ordered online yesterday, A, to try to get, uh, uh, you know, stuff I wanted, but in uh, not the lines, but, you know, just changing up your regular routine and being more cautious of, of your surroundings. And, you know, like Matthew said, taking care of doing the things you're supposed to do, washing your hands, trying not to touch your face. And, uh, you know, if you're feeling ill, go get yourself checked out. Uh, you know, well, again, he, he's exactly right. While it may suck right now, you know, there's no reason that, uh, you know, come May we're not in full swing uh, with the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, and, and getting ready for the Indy 500, which I'm surprised that there hasn't been a humongous outbreak there ever because I've seen some of the grossest things that I've ever seen occur
1: on the <laughs> infield at the <laughs> NFL.
5: Touche. No,
2: don't. Touche. Don't. come police. My voice. <laughs> well, guys, uh, real quickly, I wouldn't do my due diligence if we didn't talk about this in kind of a, uh, a serious uh, tone. Uh, so there's there's different levels of uh, symptoms that one could have. And believe it or not, and I, I read this as well, believe it or not that 85% of the global population have the coronavirus. 85%. Only less than 2% Showed the severe uh, Or extreme which is where, what we're all Trying to avoid uh, But 85% have What they call the mild uh, The mild Part of it Then you have the moderate Serious and severe uh, There are, are Obviously the, the uh, COV19 I believe Is how uh, it's being Defined but in, in The mild cases it's Uh, a very moderate illness and a lot of times you might think it's just the cold uh so uh there is the part that we have to be careful but there also is the part that says hey this is kind of a normal thing that has happened uh then you have the moderate which is kind of uh you begin to include coughing fever of over 100 degrees chills uh uh in some patients express uh, a shortness of breath. And that's obviously a very moderate uh, one where people would want to go get checked out on the serious, severe or extreme. Um, this is where the, the, the deaths occur. This is where it happens with the elderly. the The most vulnerable people are the elderly. And I had an experience this week. My father's in a, a nursing home he's in bad health my mom goes and sees him every day as much as she can possibly see she was at the nursing home to see him and they made her leave totally devastated her my dad is in a in a he gets confused he doesn't always understand what's going on so he doesn't really understand what's going on and she can't go back and visit him he can't do FaceTime. so she has to rely on a, on a phone call with him and so it's hard on the families. But the most vulnerable But I get. Believe me, I vented, and, and those of you that follow me probably saw that I vented. But I get why why they did that. So on the in the all Syrian side, because Mo, I know we got to let you go. We got to get in our next segment. Give you the last word, Mo. Uh, but I get it. But at the same time, when it when it hits home, it hits home. So uh, give us any final words of wisdom, and uh, as we uh, uh, let you go, as we as we. Uh, Deal with the coronavirus. I mean, unfortunately, that's all the sports that we have to talk uh, talk about. And Steve Wilson from Triple Digest is going to be joining us as well. We're going to combine our NASCAR and IndyCar talk. We're going to continue this conversation. But go ahead, Mo. I appreciate you joining us. And, 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 and we're trying to just work through this and, and, and grudge through the, the trenches, if you will, and get to the other side. But what are your final words of wisdom for us, sir? I think what
5: stuck out to me uh, most this week was, was, uh, you know, people trying to make the best of it. I I applaud uh, the Corona beer for offering the CDC $15 million to rename it the Bud Light
2: Virus. (laughs) That was funny. I did see that. All right, Mo from the BS Sports Show. We appreciate you joining us. Where can people find you working masterpieces, sir? Uh, My Twitter account is currently
5: quarantined
2: at Mo Radio Show. All right, buddy. We'll talk with you soon. All right guys, have a good one. All right. Mom from the BN Sports Show helps us kicking the show off. And you know, we normally on a on a regular Saturday prior to selection Sunday, we'd be all hyped. We'd have our, our uh brackets ready to go. We'd be going through a lot of scenarios. Well that's uh that's just not uh that's just not the case. My name's Tom Michael Zell President. We'll be right back with Steve Wilson and Matthew Embry. We're gonna talk the impact that this virus has on racing. Midnight T-Top Jack in or cherry coat pan Mama and Daddy put the roots right here This is where the car broke down
3: The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be a far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103. Or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1 800 841 3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom.
4: I, it, I, I can't believe it. I've been playing 4 on 4 with a barbershop quartet. Pass the ball,
0: pass the rod.
1: We're open. Just pass the
4: ball. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of
1: dollars on my car insurance
0: with Geico. Yeah. Believe it. Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Morning face you get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning guys. Good morning. Ah, what is Hi. that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh my God! It talks. No, it's me, Linda from. A- looks hungry! Save the children! Save them! Stay back! I've got mace. Ow! They're my eyes! We're moving! It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some.
1: Get 20% off Ikea Sultan mattresses. Ikea. Love your home. <laughs> give me fuel, give me fire, give me that what's
2: All right, we're back, and we're here in our deep uh, bunker. We're all quarantined here in our – Bunker in the, in the south suburbs of, of uh, I mean, west suburbs of Indianapolis. I don't know. I don't know my west from the south. Maybe I have uh, the Corona. Uh, but uh, joining us now is uh, uh, Matthew Embry, our IndyCar contributor and IndyCar contributor to Speedway Digest, and our official NASCAR contributor, uh, Steve Wilson, editor in chief of Speedway Digest. Steve, how are you, sir? Doing well crazy crazy times that's going on now we were just talking with mo about kind of the impact of march madden it's not happening joining us now also is is uh, matthew embry our uh, official indycar contributor matthew let's uh, get into the indycar conversation and what's going on here well first of all let's talk about uh what is at hand and what everybody's talking about the coronavirus is just uh disrupted everything give us your thoughts on that and how things are being handled in the sports world then we'll get into the indycar conversation which we know is happening in st pete uh, without fans
7: well we know for sure now that indycar shuttered through the month of april so no st pete no barber no long beach no austin and the first race right now would be May ninth at. Uh, let me let me get this Car- let me get let me get this straight. They aren't running St. Pete. I thought they were running St. Pete without fans. We are shut down now through the end of okay. April. All four events have been canceled. That was announced yesterday.
2: Okay, I did. I realized that it was through April, but I, for some reason I thought they were still running the the St. Pete race. Okay, so that's that's uh, that's my back. Well, let's, 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 let's walk through this. Let's start with IndyCar. You're our IndyCar contributor. What kind of impact does this have on IndyCar, the sports, the fans? And most importantly, this is a huge economic impact to that particular sport, not to mention all the rest of the sports that, that are going on in the month of March
7: and April. Well, here's the thing. The fact of the matter is they realize those first four events are not their biggest moneymakers. Their biggest money maker is the Indy 500 and getting things quarantined where well, this is under control so they can safely run those two events is the way they need to go because they don't make money necessarily. That's not the event that draws the media attention. I mean, it, the Indy 500 is their March Madness, their World Series, et cetera. So finding a way, even if it's the first event or the only event they run all year, and make sure that event gets in, that's huge for the sport. That saves the sport from excessive damage. So right now, their focus, I've heard possible backup plans, if indeed the Summer Olympics doesn't go, that possibly that two-week window could be used to run qualifying in the race, possibly if worse came to worse in July. But I think that's the biggest target right now for Mark Miles, Roger Penske, Jay Fry, and all of them in IndyCar, is making sure they get the Indy 500 in. Because right now, at this point, that's the only thing that matters for IndyCar at this point. Because the other events just don't have the same value. And if that's the only event they run this year, I'm fine with that. Because that means they get the media exposure they need, and everything is taken care of. That's the big goal right now, is doing what they can to get an Indy 500 in. It's not necessarily as many races as possible, but getting the Indy 500 in, that should be concern number one for everyone at IndyCar right now.
2: Steve, uh, Steve Wilson, uh, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest, our official NASCAR contributor. Steve, let's uh, shift gears over to the stock cars. Uh, we we saw that they're going to be running Homestead. Again, I might be wrong. I, things are happening so fast and everything's fluid, but they're going to be running Homestead in Atlanta without fans. But uh, as, as I know, and you might have uh, more news and insight on this, but as I know it currently, NASCAR has not suspended their season. As of yet
8: um, Well as of yesterday Again you know These things are all kind of fluid um, A- Atlanta is postponed Homestead is postponed They sent the whole also, home. They sent everybody yeah, I, home. I, I'm
2: not catching up with anything Man Go ahead buddy Bring us up to speed I, I'm, I'm, I'm apparently the king of fake news today Go right ahead buddy
8: cool. Yeah so uh at least the next two events are uh are postponed at this point. that's going to reevaluate here in the next couple of weeks as to whether there will uh continue the operations or continuing the events throughout the rest of the year um you know we've got states of emergency in just about every state uh here in Virginia it's um we have one that runs all the way up until the Richmond race in April that uh, uh, would preclude people from even going to Richmond. So,
3: um,
8: you know, what, what NASCAR decides to do after these next two weeks is going to kind of be uh, – I think they're really what they're doing is, is that they're following along with, with the national emergency yesterday, and uh, I think that tipped a lot of people's hands as to the people that were sitting on that one string hoping that they might be able to do this thing without fans. Um, the national emergency, I think, just tipped a lot of people's hands to say that you know it's just time to shut this thing down, and um, you know we'll reevaluate as the weeks go on. But uh, you know there are a couple of opportunities again for NASCAR to uh, you know to to try and get these events in later this year. But uh, um, you know it's again it's it's a fluid situation that we'll all have to be you know be watching as to what goes on over the next couple of weeks and. Um you know maybe maybe sometime in April maybe sometime in May um we'll get racing again but uh, as of right now we're shut down
2: Steve the same question I asked uh, Matthew the economic <laughs> impact to uh NASCAR equates to what in, in what's the recovery period for this
8: Well um, each individual track is uh, You know uh, A single weekend is tens of millions Of dollars in lost economic impact Just the track itself And that's not the surrounding areas uh, The surrounding areas could be in the uh, Hundreds of millions of dollars uh, Depending on which area That they're in um, So you know You, you take a look uh, An example would be And this is how we kind of derive some of that information is Dover is a uh, you know gets better than fifteen million dollars a weekend um almost fifteen dollars or better than fifteen million dollars a weekend just in t v revenue um then you throw in the um millions of dollars um six seven eight million dollars in ticket revenue uh tens of millions of dollars in uh um you know sponsorships hospitalities um you know all all the extraneous things that comes in on top of that and um, you know, there, there's tens of millions of dollars that's going to be left on the table every single week um, from every race that we're not running. So Atlanta this weekend, Homestead next weekend. I mean, we're we're already start we're already starting to get into the fifty million dollar range um, just to the tracks alone and lost revenue.
2: We're talking with Steve Wilson, editor in chief of Speedway Digest. Uh, Matthew Embry, our official IndyCar contributor and IndyCar contributor to, to Speedway Digest. Uh, Matthew, let's. You know, here's the thing. Um, Like I, I, our office said, "Hey, uh, everybody works in in my in my real life. Uh, Everybody works uh, remotely until further notice." So which is fine by me because I get to work from home. I don't have to put on pants, and we do telecommunicating, and I'll just put on a shirt. You know, (laughs) just kidding. But uh, but I I could still work my skill. I could still work my thing. These drivers, let's talk about IndyCar particularly. This is the beginning of their season. They're coming off of an off season. So there's two things here how do they they cuz they can't get on the track there's a lot of things that they can't do I mean there's only so much they could do to a car that's not racing how does how does a team work through this uh I mean the entire team is kind of like you know it's 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 kind of like a red flag situation if you will and there's nothing they can do about it how do they how do they stay stay uh ready to go so that at maybe next week, or the you know, we'll, we'll say three weeks from now, we're ready to go. How are the teams uh, in IndyCar staying ready to go?
5: Well,
7: I'm sure the trainer training sessions are going to be extended right now for the drivers. You know, workouts, even the crew members' workouts, getting stuff ready, doing checks. I think the focus now, now that they know that the next event is going to be the month of May, everything is now shifting to the Indy 500. So you may see stuff like the last few deals get called in a little bit earlier than usual. But, I mean, it's the same way with WSBT. I mean, we ran Sportsbeat last night, and all of our on-air talent was at home on remote uh, connections. We didn't even have anyone in the station except for the in-studio producer, uh, my assistant Jerry was the only person there running the entire thing. I mean, that's how cautious we're going to be. Now, obviously, there's a few things you got to be careful about doing at the same time. I mean, my sister, my biology major sister, has already scolded me about using excessive Lysol and stuff like that. But you just got to be super careful on certain things. And again, like I said during uh, the last segment, you got to listen to those things. But again, there are certain things you can do to overdo it. So you got to be. I mean, you don't need to buy all this toilet paper. You need to be, I mean, get some Lysol for like the doorknobs, or like that. Don't spray everything like I did a couple of days because that you could actually actually do more damage to yourself if you're overprotective sometimes than if you aren't protective. So you got to be a little bit careful in that area. But I'm sure as far as the IndyCar folks, it'll be just like WSBT. They'll try to keep things going. They'll try to get preparations ready for Indy. They will still be doing training sessions, a lot of pit stop practice, all those things they would have done during the season anyway, I'm sure they'll just be doing it here like it's no big deal and still the offseason.
2: Stay well, so Speedway Digest will direct kind of the same question to you, and maybe the answer will be uh, very, very similar. But uh, if, you're, if you're a NASCAR team owner, a crew chief, a driver, a, a crew member, what are you doing to, to keep uh, uh, in, in mission ready, if you will?
8: Well, um, yeah, most most of the teams at this point they don't they don't really have a whole lot to do in the shops from the Cup side. Um, there's really no cars to be built anymore, considering that we're going to a new car next year. So you can't really put people to work in the shop and have them build cars or you know whatever the case may be. Uh, you're you're, you're going to have you're going to have pit stop practice, those types of things that are going to continue to go on. But uh, you you look at some of these bigger teams like. Uh, Hendrick Motorsports and stuff like that. They have hundreds of people that are, you know, dependent upon the sport um, each and every day. And, uh, you know, there, there's going to be some scraping as far as uh, work comes down. Uh, may, maybe maybe some of these guys can take their talents over to um, help out some uh, Xfinity series teams or truck series teams and uh, need to rebuild trucks or cars or rebuild new ones or whatever the case may be. Um, engine departments will obviously still be open because they're, you know, they're constantly pumping out engines, not only for themselves, but, uh, supplying to, to other teams. But, uh, um, you know, there could, there could come a point that depending on how long this thing lasts, um, you know, we may see, um, you know, some temporary layoffs like we do in the off season. So, uh, um, you know it's unfortunate but um you know that's kind of the world that we live in and it's uh and especially this year becomes it's so critical this year that um you know with 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 a new car coming next year the workload is already down to begin with and at most of these cup series teams um they they did most of that work in the off season uh, converting bodies over and things like that so um uh, you know, it's, it's, it may come to a point and And, um, you know, if if this thing goes prolonged for too long, um, I, I, I could see that maybe some of these teams start cutting some of these people, sending them home for some time and, um, you know, reevaluate their situation when, when NASCAR makes a call as to when to come back.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and um Matt, I was just – uh just literally just saw your your, your text. Uh, did you want to uh, have your sister on? Is that
7: what your text was asking me? Uh, right now, just, just this kind of things. I think I've already gone over the things that she okay. focused right. in on. I think okay. we're good on that end. But, uh, yeah, uh, just to get the thing in there. But uh, like we said, the key thing right now is, you know, again, meet the precautions. Keep ready because uh, I think the thing that could affect a lot of teams when we get to May is unpreparedness because we have a new aero screen, which according to Robin Miller, and I don't doubt him, adds about 70 pounds of total weight to the car. So getting the stability re-centered for the car itself and add to that an extra 45 horsepower from where the horsepower was set for qualifying last year has been tacked on. So there's a lot of things in play to uh, focus in on. But uh, all this does just gives them a few extra months to try to figure that out. And I think, honestly, considering trying to get the best event possible for May and the fans and, you know, making a good buy for IndyCar, that's probably actually considering what's happened with the unknowns, this actually could help them in the long run. I mean, it sounds weird right now, but getting the best Indy 500 possible, this actually could be a good thing with this to life. You know, this is a global. This is a
2: global thing, uh, Steve and, and uh, uh, Matthew. This is a global thing. Formula One suspended their season. Uh, Steve, will get your thoughts on that, and, and Matt, we'll go to you as well. I know you follow Formula One extensively as well. But uh, Steve, uh, what are your thoughts on the Formula One? And uh, again, this is a global thing, not here just in the United States.
8: I mean, they, they didn't really have a choice. I mean, they're, they're all at this point in the year running in the hot spots, Asia, Europe, et cetera, before they come over to, to North America. So, um, yeah, I don't, I never, I, yeah, I'm surprised that they waited this long to do it.
2: Uh, Matt, you, uh, cover and write about formula one. You certainly know more about formula one than I do. I have to admit that I'm a, I'm a novice formula one fan. Uh, I I like it. They're they're very very fast cars, faster than IndyCar from that aspect of it. But I don't follow them extensively. I know you you do. So uh, talk with us a little bit about Formula One and the Corona.
7: And that's what I think led to the shutdown for IndyCar ultimately for the first four races. I mean, when you have four members of Team McLaren test positive, you have only three of your 10 teams saying we're going to run, saying, oh, no, 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 we have not, we don't want anything to do. You're talking like the United States Grand Prix of 2005 all over again where only six cars ran. That's a bad image for the circuit. So they had no choice but to shut it down. I mean, you have to have everyone behind you in this thing to make it work. That didn't happen with the tire issue in 2005 at the United States Grand Prix, and we had an absolute disaster. And it was right in front of our faces. So just imagine what would have happened if we had continued on with only three teams this weekend in the Australian Grand Prix. And no guarantees that those teams possibly contracted the coronavirus. It's, it was bad press from the beginning. I think Roger Penske tried to make it work, but with all the things that kept showing up with NBA, NHL, I mean, granted, I think the PGA Tour is making a very poor decision continuing the Players' Championship, which even without excuse me, without fans makes no sense to me. Yeah, they're still playing right now. I mean, it's just you just have to be careful. Like I said, if you want to get back to full-time stuff, we need to get this problem dealt with. It does us no good to just try to go normal because normal's not going to work. If you want to get this stuff back up and going, you have to abide by this, and we need to get this dealt with now. Otherwise, we could be sitting here for months and months and months, and Lord knows when we get back up and going. So, again, I can't stress this enough to the folks listening. Abide by the warnings and try to make the necessary adjustments well actually not just try do the necessary adjustments and who knows within a few months you may be back up and going again but if you continue to just mosey around with this stuff we're still going to be stuck at square one and who knows how long we'll be stuck there
2: we're talking with uh, Steve Wilson of Speedway Digest, our official NASCAR contributor, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest, and Steve uh, Wilson, WSVT, up at South Bend, and our uh, IndyCar uh, contributor and uh, IndyCar contributor to Speedway Digest.
7: I think you, to Steve, to
2: I, uh, I think you tied C- sorry? Uh, you to st- you C- WSVT. I'm sorry. See, <laughs> my, my brain is everywhere. You all know who you are. Uh, Matthew. Ambry of WSVT, not Steve Wilson of WSVT. And let's, uh, Steve, you got a job announcement you want to make? <laughs> but Steve, I, I, I rarely, 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 rarely do this. But I'm going to make an exception today, and it's—I don't care what side of the fence that you're on. I think anybody that knows me knows what kind of what side of the fence I'm on, and I—and I, it's okay if you're on a different side. But I think that. The United States needs to come together. Whether than politicizing this, I mean, you have very extreme people that are saying that well, this is all a media hype. This is the uh, this is all Trump's fault. Uh, uh, Trump's not doing enough. And then you have people who so is the United States just take a a neutral stance here? Whether or not you're Republican, Democrat, Independent, I don't care. But is the United States doing? Enough or are they doing too much Steve
8: Well I think We have to lead Um, Obviously uh, other countries Haven't been able to do so at this point Uh, Finally I guess You know Italy and some of the other Countries just shut everything down but You know this thing had already gotten out of hand By that point so I mean you know I I think we have To lead in in, in this Regard Um, we have some of the, The best Educated people in the world that are over here um, As far as the political Conversation onto that um, You know I, The last two days I've watched more people Parade themselves out Trying to either play president Or play chief Or play commander um, When we only have one And I think it doesn't help When everybody parades themselves out When everybody comes out And like, well this is my plan This is how I'm going to tackle it uh, first and foremost, you're a private Citizen, you're not the commander In chief, you don't have any Standing as to make any policy Decisions, I think everybody needs To just stop that um, And unify behind one direction and, and by everybody Trying to play chief and nobody Wanting to be the Indian We, we just will continue to divide And, and that's going to Exacerbate this issue and, and it doesn't matter what side of the aisle That you're on Everybody has to work towards a common goal. We did this in World War II where we marshaled the entire um, United States and the the federal government to fight uh, two warring countries, and this is what we're going to have to do again.
2: You know, I agree, and again, no matter what side of the aisle that you're on, I think you can point to some very positive things that that Trump did. Whether or not you like him or not, you don't have to like him. You don't have to vote for him. You don't have to agree with him, but I think that – that he at the very beginning stages of this uh, by by stopping tra- when when we saw this coming, uh, stopping travel from China and the travel bans and keeping the, as much of a political disagreement that caused uh, keeping ships out at sea and not allowing them to enter and being very careful about who uh, who comes and goes from this country really slowed that down a lot. Now certainly we're dealing with it, but we're not dealing with it in the magnitudes that Italy is. Who has the – if you want to take the other side of the stance, has the, the view that, hey, everybody gets to come in here. It doesn't really matter, and they – what I find bizarre about this as you as you follow this, Japan is an Asian country. Japan is very, very close to China. Japan has yeah. some of the oldest people in the world, some of the most vulnerable people, but they also have some very strict rules who comes and goes. And guess who's not dealing with the, the coronavirus in, a, in an extreme deal? Japan. So we'll go with you, Matt. we are got to get to the final word here. Again, I don't really care what side of the aisle you're on, but is the United States doing everything it can do or is it doing too much for this virus?
7: Still think we're doing too little and it's not trump don't you mean trump mcconnell pelosi schumer it's not a republican problem it's not a democrat problem it's not an independent problem it is an all problem no one has done what has been required and it's not just the president i think you could blame the speaker of the house nancy pelosi you could blame charles schumer you could blame mitch mcconnell it's not just trump everybody even independents like myself have not done what we need to do, and now we got this mess. So that's the way I see it. Now, granted, call me wrong, but it's not just Trump's problem. I blame Pelosi. I blame Schumer. I blame McConnell. I blame all those people because no one took this seriously, and now we have this mess. You know, that's
2: a – a Valpoint, and I, I think what, what we can derive from this we can always do more, but we need to be very careful and realize that this virus isn 't a republican isn 't an anti trumper isn 't a democrat isn't a, it is a virus that needs to be contained, and the government has some of the smartest people in the world, the CDC is probably the most elite uh, the, the disease control center in the world if not the top and we have the, the best brains uh, putting this together. So let's go around the table, get final thoughts. To we'll start with you, Steve Wilson of Speedway Digest, editor in chief, uh, NASCAR, no NASCAR, uh, just uh, kind of sum things up for us as, as we're just uh, uh, kind of trying to get through this and get to the other side. So we can say, Hey, whoo, glad that's over with.
8: Hmm. Well, I think we're just waiting for next steps. Uh, you know, we'll reevaluate this thing in a couple of weeks, see where we're at, but till then, um, everybody just needs to follow whatever the, you know, if the CDC tells you to do something, if, you know, whatever agency, um, listen to your state agencies, just do what needs to be done because don't, don't be the guy, don't be the girl, don't be the individual that goes out there and infects people, and exacerbates this issue even more, causing more problems. Uh, just do what you have to do. And, uh, you know, we're listening yesterday to, um, you know, some of the press conferences, you know, people were like, you know, you just don't go out there and buy three months worth of food and toilet paper and all this kind of stuff because you're, you're just hurting the supply chain. You're hurting the people out there that are vulnerable, that, that need these items just as much as you do. And, um, you know, this isn't on time to hoard. This isn't the Walking Dead guys. Just be smart. <laughs>
2: Well, I'll tell you what. I might be in trouble. I only have four rolls of toilet paper in my bathroom. I'm just saying, and I got to work from home, so I, I might, I, I might be in trouble. I know uh, our social media director Melissa is doing a great job and having a lot of fun with this. Uh, but she was at the store yesterday, and she's like, "There's like no, there's like no toilet paper. There's like no nothing." Uh, I get it, but I think maybe everybody's kind of you know, got into the, the panic mode. You know, when we have a blizzard, everybody gets bread and eggs. Do they have all kinds of French toast going on? I don't know. Uh, uh, Steve, where can people fight your work in Masterpieces, sir?
8: You follow us at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Speedway Digest SpeedwayDigest.com.
2: Thanks, uh, Steve, and we'll catch up with you. Hopefully, uh, we'll have uh, some stuff to talk about in more detail uh, next week. All right. Take care. <laughs> Matthew Embry, uh, final words to you, sir. Uh, uh, any final words of wisdom and, and so forth? First of all, Nora,
7: Nellie, want to say hi, everybody? Say hi. Hi. <laughs> so we got the, Like I said, my two nieces down there. I'm with them this weekend. Just no, mid- waiting awesome. us through. And I'd say another thing to say, Watch one sport that, because of this, might take a big boom. And I talked to, I mentioned this on Twitter, if you saw it John Michael Vincent and Trish Whitaker and they laughed. eSports, that could be a big boom for them with this coronavirus. Now, granted, I don't think they're going to acerbate it, but watch how eSports takes over things. That could be something with this video game sport thing because of the lack of threat to the coronavirus. That could really get things going.
2: Alright, Matthew, working people find your working masterpieces, sir.
7: M-A-T-T-E-M-B-U-R-Y. All
2: right. Matthew Ambry joins us. Uh my name's Tom Michael, self-presidente. We're continuing our conversation about the coronavirus and the impact that it's having on the world of sports this week. My name's we'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. <laughs>
1: It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. See the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure.
0: You get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, morning. guys. Good morning. Ah, What is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run. No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates.
5: Ow.
1: They're of my eyes. We're moving.
0: It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some.
1: Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA, love your home.
2: All right, welcome back to The Balance. My name's Don Marcos, oh, President. presidente. Hey, we roll into hour number two. First hour, thank you, for the BS Sports Show. I'm joining us in talking about, well, we were supposed to talk about uh, Selection Sunday tomorrow because it's March Madness, and we're going to do our brackets. We're going to have everything put together tomorrow. I would get everybody's brackets out to everybody. We had everybody all signed up and ready to go. Well, that's not what we really talked about. What we really talked about is, Well, what everybody's talking about, and it's unfortunate that we're here and we're talking about it, but it is what it is. It is the reality of it, and that's what kind of where the backdrop of our show is because we don't really have a lot of sports to talk about, unfortunately. Uh, And then uh, Matthew Embry, our official IndyCar contributor uh, in – Steve Wilson, our official NASCAR contributor, uh, just joined us in the last segment. To talk about the impact there. Joining us now is our official NFL contributor, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. Uh, Ed, how are you, sir?
4: Hey, I'm doing good, Tom. Uh, under the circumstances, I guess you could say,
2: right? Yeah, you know, it's amazing. Last week, we were just kind of mate or just over the last couple of weeks, we've just kind of been making jokes and making light about the Corona and how everybody was overreacting and then bam, we get slammed in the face with it. I, I get it. I do. And I want to talk about the NFL part of it, but first of all, are you stocked up on paper? <laughs> are you uh, safe? Uh, well, you know what? I actually bought a big
4: <laughs> giant package of it before, you know, the hysteria took over. So I'm hoping <laughs> that it's enough, but, uh, you know, with three
2: people in the house, I, I I don't know. You know, I should have. I, I I'm single, so all these years, I should have been going to Costco and buying all these these toilet paper and 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 just you know stocking up on it because I may have had enough to to cash in and get me a new car or something, but <laughs> I might be in trouble. Cause I, I live by myself and in, in uh, my my real world, uh, job, uh, said, so, uh, guess what? Everybody's working remotely till further notice, uh, which is fine. I don't have to put on pants. Uh, just we're going to do telecommunicating and all that. So I just have to put on a shirt, but, <laughs> but, uh, that's a visual you don't want. Uh, but, uh, uh I've only got four rolls of toilet paper and Melissa, our, our social media director was telling me yesterday when she was at, at Kroger, the grocery store around here, they didn't have any toilet papers. <laughs> Apparently it's no. a big thing. I, I've yet to understand that, but let's get into some serious conversation here. Uh, we know that the NFL suspended the owners meetings. They also, uh, a lot of the pre-draft stuff, uh, uh, travel, the, the recruits or the, or the, the, Draft D possibilities aren't going to be able to travel to um, the facilities to do the in person interviews. A lot of the process, behind the scenes process that we don't know about, isn't going to be able to happen. Uh, so, do we have a baked in excuse uh, for teams that do uh, poorly in the NFL draft now? I mean, but really, what in, in all seriousness, all joking aside, this is a, a serious thing. And is, let's talk about the NFL's perspective on the coronavirus
4: uh yeah well i didn't expect the league owners meeting to take place i mean you look at the average age of these uh billionaire on um, nfl owners and you know they're 70 years older i guess is about the average and um you know that's the target group really for the for this virus apparently so i didn't really expect them to get on any airplane and fly to florida and then all sit around and you know, conference rooms and talk to one another, uh, even though they might have private planes that would get them back and forth. I just didn't think it would happen. So, uh, sure enough, it didn't happen. Um, but, you know, now the NFL is still proceeding with their pre agency period here, which begins Monday, and then the, the new league year opens Wednesday at 4 p.m. So, as of now, that is still on. I've heard that there's a chance that after the final voting of the CBA, uh, which players are have until 11:59 PM Saturday to uh, vote on whether or not they're going to accept this uh, CBA that's out there. I've heard that the NFL might on Sunday, push back the start of their league season uh, a week um, for the following week. And, and I guess, uh, you know, when you look at the landscape, that might make sense. Um, but you know, Tom, me, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a get back to normal guy as quickly as possible and, uh, I kind of felt that way after 9-11 you know let's start let's start to get back to normal and right now what we see in America is anything but normal I mean, these are obviously unprecedented times and uh, so my feeling is is you know if I'm the NFL and maybe this is just my way of looking at it is let's just proceed with this I know that you know it's always a big show when you sign a free agent and you throw all this money at somebody uh, you know on the first day they bring them into the facility and you know, the media meets with them and they get to know them. And then the fans watch the press conferences of these new players on TV. But uh, that would have to obviously not happen. But you could still have press or uh, teleconferences, perhaps, with these players. I know it's, you know, the fans won't be able to see it. But at least, you know, information can be disseminated from that teleconference by the news media uh, that is interested in the NFL and their team.
2: So uh, I'm a
4: big back let's get back to normal type of guy as quickly as possible. And right now <clears throat> we have anything, anything but normal.
2: You know, you're absolutely right. as I mentioned in my opening monologue, we've never dealt with this type of situation in the world globally. And we've never dealt with this, uh, how, how we don't know what the impact's going to be. I think that uh, we're on the good side of things in the aspect that, that we're doing a lot to keep, that social distance, if you if you will, and, and keep it at bay, but it's here and but it's at least it's not Italy and there's a lot of things that we could get into and talk about, but we I do think we got to get back to normal. Let's talk a little bit about the Philadelphia Eagles because that's what you do. That's your real world. Uh, talk with us about how the Eagles are handling this as far as fans go. What are their plans in the, in the going forward? Here we we look for this, and, and this is just a a pro this is, that's another word I can say. We look for this as a um, indicator just based on what we've seen with the history of this virus for it to be maintained and in control somewhere around the end of April, which will not affect the NFL at all. But the Philadelphia Eagles, what, what are they saying? What are they talking about? Are they saying? Are they talking? What are, What are they saying about this virus?
4: Yeah, well, just what you said, if it's the end of April, that will impact the NFL. I mean, their draft is scheduled to begin April 23rd. It's uh, a little earlier this year than it's normally been. Uh, Now you could push that back a week and uh, it's supposed to be held in Las Vegas. And they were expecting, you know, I think they had 600,000 people that came through Nashville last year. I mean, that's a big boon to any uh, city's economy. And, you know, Las Vegas obviously has the casinos, but still, um, you know, you have 600,000 to a million fans coming through your city for the NFL draft. That's a huge, uh, kind of like the combine in Indianapolis, Tom, we talked about what a lift, you know, that is for the city and uh, you know, for the coffers of each of those cities. So uh, that's going to impact the NFL. If this thing goes on beyond, uh, you know, the end of March or in the early April, uh, how are they going to con- conduct their draft? Uh, are they going to be able to bring the players into the city? Are they going to let fans in? I mean, we, we just don't know any of these things right now, and that's kind of, uh, kind of the hard and scary part about this. And you know, just this past week we saw things change. And one, you know, one day the NBA cancels its, suspends its play. The NHL follows suit. Now we see the Masters postponed, and the Boston Marathon is pushed back until September. So uh, things change so quickly. Uh, and as far as the Eagles and the NFL, you know, the Eagles were, I believe, one of the first teams to halt all travel. Uh, Them and I think the Pittsburgh Steelers were two of the first teams to suspend their coaches and and ground their their coaching staff from traveling. And yet they kept their scouts on the road. And then the next day, uh, more teams decided to do that. And then the Eagles pulled their scouts off the road. The scouts were kind of being sacrificed, if you will, to stay out on the road and, and, you know, subject themselves to, you know, possible infection. Uh, for pro days that now are being canceled, you know each campus has their pro day. Michigan's, I believe, was scheduled for for Friday. They canceled that, uh, but there were two that were still held uh, before things started to change very quickly. And one was, I believe, at, at Clemson, um, and the other one might have been at Texas. I, I I don't remember the two, but there maybe Wisconsin was one of them. But but anyway, they had two pro days before this before things changed, and they decided to cancel pro days and. Now the NFL has put out the blanket statement that teams cannot bring uh, any of the top 30 visits in. You know how each team is allowed to bring in 30 college prospects into their facility. Uh, but everybody's facility, I believe is closed. I know the Eagles is closed. They, Jeffrey Lurie, the owner has told, <coughs> has told every employee that works in that building, including the coaches and this to stay home, work at home. So their building is closed. You can't bring any prospective recruits in and now, Uh, the NFL kind of stepped forward and made that mandatory because some teams could have gained an advantage by saying, okay, well, we're not going to worry about this as much as some other teams and we're still going to try to get people here and we're still going to send our scouts on the road to perhaps talk to some kids on their college campuses. But now the NFL is not allowing that. They're telling NFL teams that uh, they can spend an hour on the phone with these thirty top 30 recruits that they deem they want to spend time with but that that's it that's the extent that they can um so you know that's kind of a change but as far as the Eagles in particular I think right now uh everything is kind of locked down for every team in the NFL and that was smart by the by the league to do that because I think some teams could have gained uh, a, an unfair advantage if you will by doing that I know the Miami Dolphins for instance on Friday uh brought in uh, a couple players uh, one was J.K. Dobbins who was training nearby, didn't have to get on a plane. He drove into the facility, and they put him through a workout. But as of 4 p.m. on Friday, I believe was the time, uh, teams could no longer entertain college prospects. The Miami Dolphins also snuck in uh, the Utah State quarterback, Jordan Love, uh, for a workout on Friday before they shut everything down. So right now the NFL has issued this blanket statement. that No team really uh, can do business at this point. Uh, until free agency starts on monday if it starts on Monday.
2: well and that was going to be my next question uh, ed kratz be writer for the philadelphia eagles com, our official nfl contributor there's a case and i know the eagles is, is kind of uh, one of the, te- the the teams that are leading the charge on this there's a, a case that hey we need to extend this free agency uh, uh period and there's there's still some free agents up for grab we're still on brady watch uh uh we got uh uh, Harris w- with uh, the, the the safety there with Minnesota, there's a lot of free agencies up for, for for grabs. I guess my question is, had this virus not have happened, the deadline would be in place, and that's what it is. Wouldn't have teams have already made their decisions? I mean, what would be the benefit of extending the free agency uh, deadline when all of this mostly should have or could have been taken place beforehand. And I guess it doesn't really matter to me one way or the other, but what, what's, what's, what's pitch for uh, extending it? What's the reason? Why would you do it?
4: Well, I, I think it's because, first of all, teams could not talk illegally to other teams' free agents uh, or their agents. That is not allowed. Does it take place? Maybe in some instances, yes, it does, somehow, uh, through back channels, perhaps. But that is the benefit to having this three-day window. I mean, free agency begins Monday, and that begins with a three-day legal negotiating period. So typically what takes place is, say, uh, you know, the, the Colts are interested in Philip Rivers. Now you have that three days to fly Philip in to your facility, meet with him, let Philip meet now? You know Frank Reich obviously knows Rivers, and Rivers knows Reich. They uh, were together and, uh, with the Chargers, but it's an opportunity for Philip Rivers to come into your building, see and meet the, the entire uh, building's employees, from the secretary on down to the you know the janitor, to the equipment guy, whoever. And it's a chance for the Colts to even get to know Philip Rivers better. So. Uh, that's one of the benefits to this three-day window that you don't get until the three-day window happens. So that's why I think teams want to push that because I know in Philadelphia, the Eagles are interested in Byron Jones from the Dallas Cowboys, the cornerback. But, uh, you know, how well do they know Byron Jones? I mean, yes, they've played against him uh, twice a year since he entered the league. And, but how well does Byron Jones know the Philadelphia Eagles organization? So what this time leading up to Wednesday's official start of the new league year when everything can be announced officially at 4 p.m. Wednesday, even though things may begin to leak during those three days. Yes, the Eagles have agreed in terms to sign Byron Jones. If that leaks out on Monday, that's a leak. It's not a confirmation by the team. So that's what this three-day window is typically for, is for players to get to know the organizations that are interested in them and vice versa. You're not allowed to have that type of contact and you know, in, in February or, or, you know, uh, whenever early March before this three-day window opens. So uh, that's kind of why I think teams want to push that is because they want to have the the, the luxury or the benefit to make an impression on a free agent. Say, you know, a free agent's being offered 17 million, but he might not feel comfortable uh, with that organization until he visits it. Uh, He's only kind of going to go into it blindly. He doesn't know what he's getting into and, uh, conversely, the team doesn't know, okay, we're investing $17 million in, in a free agent, but how well do we really know him? Because we didn't get a chance to meet with him, uh, over those three days. We think we know who he is. We've, you know, we've kind of been on the, you know, periphery watching him play, maybe talking to him for five minutes after a game, but how well do we know him Is he the kind of guy we want to invest, uh, you know, a huge chunk of money and without sitting down with him, uh, for, you know, four hours for breakfast and, letting them tour our facilities and chatting with them. So that's why I think they want to push it. It's just, uh, you know, it's kind of a a blind risk not to uh, get to know this person as well as you would like uh, and then give them all this money without bringing him in, meeting him uh, and making sure that you're comfortable making this investment.
2: You know, Ed, we talked about the draft and it's good, you know, coming a little bit earlier and, I think they could still have the draft, you know, back in the old days, uh, the draft would just kind of happen, And it wasn't the big uh, fan. I, I know it's a great experience for fans to go and watch, but if they could do the draft without fans, but couldn't they also literally, because let, let, let's face it. I mean, like your Frank Ballard's of the world and uh, your owners and, and your decision makers aren't at the draft. They're at the, the, the complex, uh, in a war room, uh, making a phone call. Uh, so the draft could still happen without it really being a big uh, spectacle. In fact, they could probably do the whole thing telecommunically without ever uh, – yeah, maybe we missed uh, the the uh, the jersey giveaway and all of that. Might miss that part. But certainly um, in a remote web uh, access or sort of our world that we can do this, Cadell could still get up to a podium and say, hey – uh, the Eagles draft whatever overall this player and hold up the jersey and they can even we're so we're so smart technology they can even impose that player's face on that and in, in some sort of a graphic so there's a way to do this without having all the fanfare is that the ideal is that what fans like no but do we really have to move the draft because of this
4: Well, I I mean, that's what the NFL is going to have to decide. I mean, is it going to hurt their brand? Is it going to affect them? I mean, but really every brand has been affected by this. So, again, it depends, I think, where we are. I mean, we're talking about a draft that's going to happen, you know, five weeks from now, six weeks. I mean, there could be a lot that changes, hopefully for the good, obviously, Uh, and, and they won't have to make that decision. but. Uh, you're right you could do it you know electronically you could just have teams sit in their complexes and uh, okay you're on the clock and you know someone manages it manages it from the offices in New York City and then uh, when a team submits its pick electronically they uh, you know make the announcement Roger Goodell maybe is in a room with the podium like you said and said with the first pick in the first round of the 2020 NFL draft, the Philadelphia Eagles have selected, you know, Alabama wide receiver, Henry Ruggs. And then maybe, you know, who these top 25 guys are. Maybe you have a camera. Is, that, is, that, sitting is that wherever choice? Ruggs is. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's, that's who seemed to be. Uh, <laughs> no, no I, I don't, I really, I don't have any idea. I think they're going to go receiver, but you know, we'll see. But, um, uh, you could have a camera in Henry Ruggs' apartment or wherever he is. You know, uh, yay! Like they do with the NCAA selection show, they put these cameras in uh, different teams' facilities, and you know, when their name are up ha- on the line, they show the reaction. Uh,
2: they're going to have to. They're going to have to issue. Like if they do that with the players, they're going to have to issue a a disclaimer. The players may or may not have gas masks on. That may or may not be smoking marijuana. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah,
5: right, right, right. You, Remember you really, that a few well, you years ago. Can't still, smell the weed. I, <laughs> you, you,
2: you wouldn't be able to smell the weed in the background, but you might see smoke it, uh, from behind the couch. It just <laughs> popped up on Twitter right, right before uh, the draft selection. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was that well, was that it, was funny. Here's the
4: thing: you, you, you hope that again, it's five weeks out. You hope that you know maybe more testing becomes available, and you know people. Uh, in these positions are able to get tested these athletes you know maybe you start we start having more testing that takes place so we know okay there, more and more people are coming up and they don't have it so we can return to normal um and and stop self-quarantining and proceed with life as we knew it because uh i don't know how the nfl would react with the draft if you know things have gone kind of the way things have gone in italy god forbid Um, but uh, we're still going to have to wait and see. I could see the NFL pushing back the draft because it is early this year. Um, I could see them pushing things back because there's no, they're not in any rush at this point. They have time to play with, Um, you know, you have that dead period in the NFL from after the mandatory uh, camps, mini camps that teams typically have in early to mid June. Uh, and then, to, you know, the players go away for five weeks, and then they report to training camp. I mean, you could kind of cut into that window a little bit um, if you continue to push things back. So you might see more OTAs instead of OTAs starting in early May or mid May and running until early June before that mini camp starts. You could see that happening kind of end of May into June, and then a mandatory mini camp maybe at the end of. Uh, end of june and then you bring your players back in three or four weeks from there so they have time to play with so uh, you know i could see them possibly if this is still an issue pushing the draft back uh just because they do have the time to play with it it is a big boon to whichever city gets it it's great for the brand to you know to uh to have that and i you know i was really looking forward to this draft in las vegas i wasn't going to go um, but, you know, they had, the, they were going to bring players out on a boat, out to the podium, which was out in the middle of a, I don't know, I've never been to Vegas, but out in the middle of a huge, what was it, a pond or something, they were going to transport mm-hmm. these players over by boat. So, I mean, you know, I was kind of looking forward to it, and, you know, I like to see the fan reaction. I really enjoy that part of it, but, you know, uh, unless we're back to normal, then I, I could see them pushing pushing that back.
2: You know, we we, we we both want to see everything back. Norm, you're talking about Vegas on the side story. They were showing the Vegas Strip just like a ghost town, and that's that's bizarre. You know we've got to a serious uh, level. Um, and, you know, he, here's the the thing. Economically, this affects everybody out there. And, and we talk about the Sports March Madness being canceled. It's a huge – That's a multi-billion dollar uh thing that happens every year we've, we've been talking about the NFL during uh, this segment in in my real world in my what I what I do to to uh eat and, and drink more drink than eat no I'm just kidding but <laughs> what I what I what I do in in the real world is I I work in SaaS sales for a fintech company uh one of the best or the largest in the country we're based here in Indianapolis uh but the thing is we we're seeing we work with we work with banks and credit unions and financial institutions on risk management, and so what we're seeing is banks are saying this is going to be, have a huge impact to businesses economically, and of course, when we see what the market's been doing and it is come taking a rise back, I guess the question is economically whatever side of the fence you're on you 've got the far right. Got the far left, you got the independents. I think mean, anybody that knows me knows what side of fence I'm on, but this is not a Trump thing. This is not a, a Democrat thing. This is a a thing that has to come under control. Is the United States doing enough or are they doing too much to get this under control and to keep control of the of the economy in the United States?
4: Well, you know, I, I'm not an economist, but you know we all know what our 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 investments are doing and they're really going going down the tubes here um, but uh you know i don't think now's really any time to assign blame i just think we have to get kind of out ahead of this and and figure out a way uh to either develop a vaccine and i hear you know i don't know if the reports are true but you know I, apparently we are getting closer to having some sort of a vaccine uh for for this coronavirus and Boy, that would be fantastic if that happens. Um, usually testing takes quite a while and, you know, it, it already feels kind of like we're living in a movie. And, uh, you know, I was talking to some, some friends, uh, this week who were saying, you know, what if they have this vaccine and it turns out when you get injected, you become a zombie. I mean, you know, this, this is kind of thinking that, you know, and I know they were just kidding, but I mean, this is the kind of, you could really let your imagination get, get carried away with, with what's taking place. But, uh, Yeah, I think that we are going to see a huge economic hit. We've already probably seen it in terms of how the Dow Jones is performing, which is horrible. Uh, But you just look at the everyday, you know, life of of an everyday, you know, American or someone in another country, they're not going to be able to go to work. You look at all these arenas that have been shut down. You're looking at concession people and ushers that uh, aren't going to be able to support their families. And, you know, I know in Italy, they made the, the bold step of suspending mortgage payments, which, you know, we have to kind of take a look at, at things we can do for the everyday American. I mean, I haven't seen any uh, thing from on high that has indicated how any kind of relief is going to be happening for, you know, everyday Americans who get up and go to work every day and have bills to pay and who have paycheck to paycheck. Uh, this is going to affect them. And, and what's going to happen when they fall behind on their bills? I mean, uh, yeah. are they just going to be forgiven? Are they going to fall into arrears? I mean, it's just terrible. And I, and again, like I said, I haven't seen anything from, from, you know, from anybody in you know, in a leadership position that has indicated any kind of relief that's going to come when people fall behind. And and that's kind of a shame. It's because that's going to happen. It's probably already happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you yeah. see players like Zion, what, yeah, go ahead.
2: No, I was gonna say yeah, you're right. I, like I said, that's what I. It's kind of what my real world is 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 risk management with banks, and banks are discussing how this is gonna uh, affect loans they've given for people who can't pay it back. And I know there's been conversations in that that space in that world that will have a a window of of uh, forbearance, if you will. Not, I know a lot of internet companies are saying that. Unless you're more than sixty days behind on your internet, you don't have to worry about it being shut off. Go ahead; I'll give you the final final word here. I know we've ran out of time here. Tony Donna, who's standing by, and Tony G podcast, going to be talking with us. But uh, go ahead; uh, final words of wisdom there, uh, Ed. Well, you know,
4: I just I, I, people who are stepping up to help others. You know, I, I was in the grocery store yesterday, looking at the empty shelves, and there was an older woman that was trying to find uh, supplies to help a shelter to help uh, a senior citizen's home, you know, buying, you know, uh, disinfectant wipes or Lysol or, you know, Ajax, and those shelves were empty, and I was talking to her. And, you know, I I give credit to these people that we we don't even know about that are trying to help others uh, in this time of need. And that's kind of what America is known for, is stepping up and helping others when others need to help. And, you know, I was going to mention Zion Williamson for the New new, uh, Orleans Pelicans. He's 19 years old, and he steps up, and he's decided that he's going to pay Uh, you know, the wages for every single arena worker uh, in in their building, you know, he's going to pay that monthly salary, the 30 days that they're closed. And he's 19 years old and, and he's stepping up and doing something like that. And, you know, you see accounts of this people that are stepping up. I think Arthur Blank for the Atlanta Falcons has decided to cover the expenses of his employees uh, until this thing should end. Um, But there's a lot of people we don't hear about, you know, You know, the everyday American that's helping others. And like this woman I met in the grocery store last night who's doing stuff like that. God bless her. I'm sure there's many people out there like that we don't know about. And that's kind of what we need to do right now, I think, as Americans, is to help others. I know we're kind of, you know, keeping our social distancing from people, but I think we need to do whatever we can to help others in this time.
2: And that's why you live in the city of brotherly love. Ed Kratz, be writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. Uh I, I where can people find your work and masterpieces, sir? Uh
4: you can find me on SI.com slash NFL slash Eagles uh on Twitter at Kratz E K R A C Z E.
2: All right, buddy. You have yourself a good weekend. Stay All safe, right. keep your mask All on, right. and, and don't and don't catch that nasty virus. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. You too. Don't run out of toilet paper, man. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you do the same. Right. You only have four rolls left. You're I know, man. Yeah, yeah, but hey, it's just me. The the, the dogs, they go outside and, and they scoot their butt. So right. we're good there.
8: <laughs> All, All right. All right, buddy. Take care Talk to you
2: soon. Eggcrats, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles. And dot our official NFL contributor, uh, joining us to talk to us about the impact of uh, Corona. Uh, joining us now is uh, Tony Donahue, the Tony D Podcast. Uh, Tony, are you self quarantined? Uh, are, are you are you are you good to go? Yeah, I don't know what to do with myself today, um, but I did
6: not go to Top Golf <laughs> last night, so I'm not going to live my life in fear. So uh, there I'm you go. about venturing out to the grocery store go. right now, but that's that could be hell in a handbasket, so I may try to avoid that.
2: Well, I I typically do all my uh, grocery shopping online, and so all I have to do is go pick it up. But now I got my mind going all paranoid. I was like, do I want total strangers picking up my food now these days? (laughs) Especially at Walmart? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, you know, and I only, as Ed and I were just joking, I only got four rolls of toilet paper, man. I'm. I might be screwed because they, they told us uh, in work in my real world, world that everybody works remotely. Everybody. So uh, yeah, no they, further notice. So I may have to I may have to venture out. Let's let's get into this and and all joking aside, this is a, a, a serious thing that's happened, it's a huge economic impact as we were just talking about. But let's talk a little bit about IndyCar. IndyCar uh, has I learned on this for some reason in my mind, I thought they were still running St. Pete but suspending the rest of the races. But really for all intents and bases, IndyCar has said, No racing, no nothing until May, which takes us to the Indy five hundred. They better not jack with my Indy five hundred, but it's very serious, but let's talk about the economic impact that this has with IndyCar and let's let's talk IndyCar as it relates to uh what the recent events with Corona. Well, I just think that
6: you know I, when it was when it presented to them on whether or not they wanted to race, I think they kind of just kind of fell in line with what NASCAR was doing. And Thursday and in the, and even in the Friday morning, NASCAR was still racing without any fans. Well, you had all the IndyCar equipment. You had temporary street course set up at St. Pete ready to go. And it's going to be hard to reschedule that event just because it is a temporary street course. And it's hard to shut down those streets that they'll be racing on. So that was in a consideration. And I think if you're smart, this is kind of my side of it was that hey, if you're IndyCar, you're going to be one of the only events on this weekend. You might be able to get some new eyes. People are going to be home, not doing anything. Then when golf got canceled, I thought this is a golden opportunity. And you don't want to be the you don't want to be the franchise or the company or the league that you know it, that 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 continues the show just to try to get new eyeballs on your sport. But it was setting up for IndyCar to have a great opportunity. But then when NASCAR canceled and everything kind of was canceled. You also don't want to be the series or the sport or the league that continues operations and then a crew member or a player personnel ends up with Corona and then you end up looking bad because that just has lawsuit written all over it. So at the end of the day, I mean, it sucks. It's the right decision. Um, my, I think the interesting thing is, is if we never found out or if he was never contracted, if Rudy Gobert had never gotten this disease and it wasn't Publicized and it wasn't thrown out to the public. What do we be having this big um, freakout? Mm-hmm.
4: So that's what I
6: look at too. I mean, it sucks. We had an awesome weekend ahead of us. We should be getting ready for conference finals in um, mm-hmm. college basketball. We should be getting ready for IndyCar tomorrow, NASCAR. Um, I mean, this is it, it. Just why couldn't this come in June? You know, July when only baseball was going on. But it comes in one of the last <laughs> couple of weeks of sports we have, um, and it's just. It stinks. Um, I guess we're going to have to take up a new hobby or watch a bunch of Netflix.
2: Well, you know, I saw a meme and I think I shared it too, uh, that uh, Hulu, Amazon, uh, Disney, uh, all the streaming people are, are just uh, rain, making it rain with the money. And, and uh, I have subscriptions to almost all of those. So, yeah, I, I think that's probably what's on my, what's on my agenda as well. Go back to, to IndyCar IndyCar,
8: and they think
2: just based on, again, this is just a speculation, but just based on what they've seen and what they know, they think that once temperatures start rising and starts getting warmer, that the virus kind of dies down, kind of goes away. Also, I think that we've did a great job, and no matter where you're at on the fence, I think that we've did a great job of at, at keeping the, the best we can, keeping it at bay, because – It could be a lot worse. It could be Italy. And we think about IndyCar and we think about the foreign or the global influence that is on IndyCar with drivers and fans. This is – there's – well, let's face it. There's a lot more foreign drivers than there are American drivers in IndyCar. So they made a good good decision, but how do they keep this at bay? How do we keep it – how do we – make it not an issue in in May. Is is there an answer to that? An ironclad answer to that? Uh, I just think that these
6: shows will start to go on when, you know, I think it would be a huge step in the right direction if guys like Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, who we know have it, came out and said, hey, I I no longer have it. I'm cured. Uh, Here are my symptoms. I want to share with you how I was feeling. Um, I think that, you know, once we find a cure for this or once we find – you know the the potential to get back to normalcy um I think is when things will start getting back uh to light now do I think the any five hundred is gonna be postponed as of right now Um I'm, I'm assuming that that's a really good possibility. I know that's six weeks away um but I mean, like the masters is already can- is already postponed you've got. All this stuff going on into April, and it seems like everybody's going to be on hiatus through at least April. And then if we can get to April, and the cases haven't got worse, and people aren't dying, and people are getting better, and they're starting to trust in the process. Uh, But right now, I mean, I think we're getting, I think we're dipping down into where it could be very, very bad before it gets any better.
2: Well, as we know, this was supposed to be this was supposed to be some a completely different show. This we we would have this show every year on the, the Saturday before uh, selection Sunday. We would have our, our brackets ready to go. We would have uh, just so many what ifs and could be's, and we would have everything ready to go. Well, my brackets there, but there's not going to be anything to put on it. Big economic impact. So let's talk about just the TV aspect of it. CBS has a twelve billion dollar uh, agreement uh, with the NCAA to ha- have exclusive CBS and True. That combination of of televisions has a has an exclusive uh, rights for twelve billion dollars over the next twelve years. So they canceled this year. That's about a billion dollar impact to the NCAA. Or the other side of this question, I guess, would be. Because it is under contract, and then under contract laws, you still have to abide by the contract, no matter what the the circumstances are. Does the NCAA still get that money? It's the the networks that lose out on the revenue from that. Yeah,
6: I mean, I think it'll be one of those things where, and and I I still have the hope and the belief that if this does settle down in the month, maybe you give, um, maybe you give teams, you know, maybe you. I don't know if you could finish all the conference tournaments with a lot of hoops to be played, but I mean, you put together a, a, a bracket of teams that, that should be in it as of what they've done. And then maybe you play the NCAA tournament and say, okay, we're going to play it in May. Here's the teams. We're going to give you a week to practice and go from there, which is going to be hard to do because the season's incomplete. Like really the regular season is great and that's good for in the conference tournament. And for some of those bubble teams, but I think of the 68 team field, we know, we know probably 62 to 63 of those teams that should be in the field. Now there's obviously, what about IU who was on the bubble? Purdue had a chance to possibly get in. Um, I'm, I'm not holding out hope that at some point this tournament gets picked up and played again, uh, because I think a lot of the, the TV revenue, the money, Um, And some of these seniors, these players deserve to have that uh, moving forward.
2: You know, you're right. It does feel incomplete. I mean, we saw a great win with IU. Uh, I'm an IU guy and great win over Nebraska. And certainly that would have uh, pretty much shielded their fate. We would have been able to see a little bit more in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, You know, here in Indianapolis, we know how big that is. Uh, And my office in the real world is right across the street from one of the biggest hotels in the city. And I look – I'm looking out my window. I'm on the third floor. I'm looking out my window, and there's no activity. There's no cars. There's no nothing. The buses aren't there, where just before, just a day or so prior, it it was booming. So it's a huge economic impact. Uh, It it just felt like – so it felt like, okay, well, we're we're left-hanging, a cliffhanger that's never – it uh, use this example one of my favorite shows that was on went uh, two seasons it was called um six it was a fictional thing about sil team six but uh it basically cliffhanger ended uh, as season two and uh, uh, a few months later they said it was not going to be renewed and that it was canceled and it's just like you left us hanging there uh it, it, it's kind of like well what's uh, what what's happening now what's going on now so so go ahead. Yeah, uh,
6: I'll, Tony. Say I'll say this. It's one of those things that, you know, none of us have ever gone through in our lifetime. It doesn't matter how old you are. I mean, you could go back to, you know, there were some things in the 70s and such, but from an impact where there's trillions of dollars, there's all the social media, everybody's connected. Um, everybody's being affected by this, whether you know somebody who gets the virus or not. Um, and you look from the bars and restaurants, let's just call it in downtown Indianapolis alone you've got – you had a big St. Patrick's Day weekend that you were getting prepared for as far as, you know, beer being drank and restaurants with food and people being out downtown for the Big Ten tournament. Uh, you know, from my standpoint in my day job, we send a lot of beer into Bankers Life Fieldhouse for the next two weeks because you've got Pacer games. You had a Big Ten tournament. Uh, Supercross over at Lucas Oil Stadium was supposed to be tonight. And then the NCAA tournament was here in two weeks. And now it's like that's all gone. So who's paying for that? Who's taking the hit for that? Um, this has huge economic impacts, and the unfortunate thing about it is there's going to be a lot of people, I feel, at the end of the day that are going to have to be laid off and that are going to end up jobless. And a lot of companies that are going to end up taking huge hits and possibly smaller companies even folding because it's just simply there's not money going around right now. And if you're fortunate enough to be able to work from home, that's great. Uh, but there's a lot of companies that are taking big-time hits.
1: Mm-hmm. And
6: like you said, CBS mm-hmm. for the NCAA tournaments, one of them, I'm sure. Um, but at this point, I, I, I think if you're CBS, I would just find some of the greatest games of all time, and I would run them across all the platforms and just have a best-of tournament while running all those same commercials. I'd be calling up uh, some of the athletes that were involved in these games and seeing if they would be able to live-tweet along with it or maybe there used to be a show on m t v called pop up video and there'd be a, a music I video remember you'd that, yeah.
1: pop you'd up get video. different little
6: yeah you'd get little different uh tidbits and facts about the said video i mean you you could get players you could run a live tweet scroll underneath and is you know you could play different national championship games or or you know major NCAA tournament games that um were upsets or you know were to advance the final four. I think people would watch that. I think we're so star, starved for sports right now that at the end of the day, we're going to have to say, okay, how could we take something old, get new again? How do we teach an old dog new tricks? Well, why don't we play this 2010 national championship game and have guys like Gordon Hayward and Matt Howard and some of the, you know, some of the Kentucky players and Duke players that were involved in that final four, tweet some things out uh, just, just to get some, uh, just to get a, just to get some interaction going, just to have some fun and kind of, Maybe take your eyes off off of what's really going on in the real world for – even if it is only for an hour or two.
2: Yeah, you know, you're right. The whole thing of of, of not going through this before – so we don't know where ground zero is. We don't know where the normalcy of this is and where it's going to normal out at. Let's talk about what maybe could have happened if we were having a normal show and we were uh, talking about a normal bracket. And there is still a movement out there, and we'll see if it makes any traction. Take the top 16 team to create a bracket and, and go with that. So let's just use that scenario. That uh, let's just say that 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 does happen. Your top 16 teams, as it stands right now, uh, when we push the pause button, was Kansas number one, Gonzaga number three, Dayton, Florida State, uh, Baylor, uh, San Diego State, Creighton, U.K., uh, Michigan uh, State, Duke, Villanova, Maryland, Oregon, BYU. Louisville and Seton Hall at number 16. Uh, Let's put a bracket together with those uh, 16 teams. Yeah, I mean, you just start with number one versus,
6: you know, who's 16 and then 215. You kind of just go from there. Um, Looking at kind of some of the mock drafts that I or the mock brackets that I saw, um, I was very high on Dayton making it to the final four. Uh, I was very high on Kansas to make it to the final four. Um, I thought Baylor was going to be upset. Um, But, yeah, um, at the end of the day, it would be cool if maybe Lenardi or somebody just came out with a bracket and said, hey, here's what I had. Here was going to be my final bracket, depending on, you know, how things ended up. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, I think it'd be fun just to be able to fill out a bracket and and, and have a what if and a nice conversation about who they think is going to win and, and, and what some of the upsets could have been.
2: I saw a uh, tweet uh, this week uh, that said uh, uh, ESPN is going to be running live coverage of uh, rock, paper, scissors uh, popping up all over the country. And then they're like, wait a minute, nobody can touch each other. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it would be fun just to uh, to uh, fill out a uh, to, to fill out a bracket. You mentioned Dayton, and we talked about Dayton earlier on in the show with Mo from BS Sports Show. Momo and I both believe that Dayton had the ability to be a number one seed. What are your thoughts there?
6: Yeah, for sure. I think Dayton's a really good team. Um, Dayton is a team with Obi Toppin that um, I think a lot of people look at and say, okay, uh, you know, this is a team that doesn't have maybe the best wins, but they've been on fire in the last three or four months. And I was kind of hoping uh, that IU would get in as a nine seed, beat whoever they're playing in the eight in that first round game, and then it would have been Dayton versus IU in the first round, and Archie would have had to go against his former uh, his former university. Um, I was really high on Dayton to make it to the Final Four this year.
2: You know, you talk about Archie Miller, and he's not the only one. We we'll just use him because he's he's closest to home, and, and it may have been on the, the biggest hot seat. This virus may have saved a lot of coaches' jobs this year. Uh, certainly, maybe Archie for sure.
6: Um, there's always the what if, you know, that they would have got in if they would have been able to win a game. He definitely had a had a chance with the tournament to make or break his his tenure at IU. Um, there's just there's so many decisions that are going to be made uh, over the next couple of weeks couple of months and even over the year uh, I mean this is just absolutely crazy never ever in my life have I thought that anything like this would ever happen um, it's scary um, it's it's going to probably continue to spread I think mean, there's 15 cases so far in the state of Indiana um, but it's scary um, and it's sad I mean we should all be having a good time like you talked about you and i should be talking about tomorrow's indycar race and the bracket coming out and you know one of the best times in sports right now and and now we're worried about our health and worried about when we're going to have our forms of entertainment back because i mean sports you know nine sports probably touches 99 percent of the people in this country uh, in, in one way or another so just sad to see that it's all gone and hopefully everybody stays safe stays healthy and I dream of a time where we can all watch IndyCar and the NCAA tournament and the NBA together.
2: Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. You know, you were talking about uh, about people who live the paycheck-to-paycheck type scenarios and the small business owners. And, you know, what I do in the real world is I work for a SaaS company, which is uh, works for – does risk management for banks and credit unions and financial institutions – and one of the things that that they're telling us is that small businesses rely on banks to renew their lines of credit, to renew their their loans, so they can pay their employees, so they can pay. But they also banks obviously when they when we calculate the risk management, we look at what what is their P and L, what are their profits and losses. When, we're, when we are uh, renewing a a small bit when a when the bank is renewing a small business, they look at what they've done historically. Now this come back. It's, it's going to not only haunt them now, it's going to haunt them in the future when they renew these loans uh, for the year so that they can uh, pay back their business, uh, pay their employees, and, and and just do day-to-day work on these small businesses. So the calculations of risk management is completely changed. So how long do you think it's going to take for us – I didn't mean to get too deep in the, in, the, in the weeds there, but this economic impact from this virus is going to go way past March.
6: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's so many different companies that are going to be affected by this. Um, you know, I I don't know if a lot of these companies have insurances that they can fall back on or if they, um, you know, have have things that they're concerned about. But uh, yeah, it's just tough. It's just, it's certainly tough and you hate to see it. And we're all going to be affected by it. I know I'm going to be affected by it. A lot of people listening are going to be affected by it. A lot of my friends and family are going to be affected by it. So Um, hopefully we all just stay strong and and stay tough and, and, and make things happen the best we can respect each other, help each other when needed, have, have fun. You know what I mean? Like as much as you can try to share some love, try to
2: share some uh, smiles and,
6: and go from there.
1: You
2: know, you've been to Vegas, I've been to Vegas, a lot of people have been to Vegas, and one of the fun things about Vegas is it's Vegas, it never sleeps, it's, uh, you know, all kinds of action, all hours of the day and night, and all kinds of people, and they were showing some live feeds uh, on on Fox News yesterday of the strip on, on Vegas at night, and it looked like a ghost town, yep. and that yeah, tells man. you. The reality of that one of my colleagues lives in Atlanta and he was on a flight from Houston to back to Atlanta on the other night and he said there was like five people on that plane. He said he felt like he was in a Stephen King movie, so let me ask you this, and their final words of wisdom here I don't care what side of the fence you're on. I mean I have my side, you may have your side it doesn't really matter this isn't a trump thing this is a this is a this is a world thing this is a human uh thing has the United States done enough, or have they done too much? I think they did a great job at the beginning of this, whether you like Trump or not, with his travel bans and allowing people to come in the United States from China, uh, keeping ships at, at sea, uh, this new travel ban. A lot of people, I know he gets a lot of political criticism for that, and that might be one's opinion, but I think when you look at Italy, who just lets really anybody come in that wants to come in with with very little documentation or very little, they don't really care. Come into there, and a lot of that is, is partly because Rome is right there. The Catholic. There's a lot of reasons they do that. But we look at what Italy's going through. One of the most vulnerable sectors of people with this virus is the older people. Japan is one of the has has the most the highest population of the oldest people in the world. In Japan, Japan also has the lowest um, coronavirus outbreaks and deaths, and I think they are at zero deaths. Japan is very picky about who they live in their country. So are we doing enough? Or are we not doing enough? Or are we doing too much as a country in the United States? I mean, I think we're doing the best we can. we got to come up with a way to be able
6: to test everybody. we got to come up with a way to be able to uh, find out who has this, who doesn't have this. Uh, we got to find a way to – take a burden off a lot of the nurses and the doctors that are going to be overwhelmed over the next couple of weeks inside of hospitals. Um, I think that, you know, if you're feeling sick or you feel like you might have something, I wouldn't risk it. I would, I would try to get to the doctor or the hospital as soon as possible. Um, but be smart, you know, be smart with it, know what you're looking for, know your risk, know your, your signs and do what you can do to just make yourself and your friends and your family healthy. Um, and I think we're doing enough. I mean, I think – I don't know if this is a scare tactic
2: or not, or not, but I think a lot of us are scared right now on what's going to happen and how things are going to move
6: forward in the future.
2: Tony with the Tony G Podcast, uh, joins us in. I appreciate you taking time. I wish we would have been able to talk about March Madness and what, what, what we've been doing and the predictions there. But, unfortunately, uh, the world uh, took another turn uh, for us. Uh, where can people find your work and masterpieces, sir? Yeah,
6: just uh, Tony Donahue on Facebook, uh, Tony D Podcast uh, is available on Spotify, as well as Apple iTunes. My Twitter's at Tony D Indy, or if you just search Tony Donahue on Twitter, you'll be able to find me, and we'll, uh, we're will we going to have a podcast today talking about how to bet the Car race and how to, uh, you know, what, who are some of my dark horses and who I thought was going to win the race, so I guess we're just going to have to
2: talk about something else. Well, uh, Tony, I hope the only Corona you have is with a lime.
7: <laughs>
2: I'll uh, I'll grab me a Bud
6: Light lime at the grocery store when I'm there.
2: There you go. All right, buddy. We'll talk with you soon. All right, be safe. Tony Donahue, Tony D. Podcaster. And, and you know it's been the theme all all show long. This coronavirus has crippled the economy. It's crippled the sports world, and you know we make jokes about it. And we need to laugh. We need to have fun. But it is very something very serious, and and hopefully we're getting this contained, and everybody stays safe out there. Got plenty of toilet paper and all that. Remember, uh, we do this thing called the balance every Saturday, no matter what. Um, uh, no matter, yeah, no matter what happens in, in in the world, whether you need a mask or not need a mask. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter at. T balance and on facebook just search uh the balance remember don't drink a drive it isn't cool i'm out of here deuces